if we listen closely behind the purring of the fans in the air conditioning system in the background of our hearing is for most people discernible a continuous inner subtle sound like a white noise coming from a, a speaker a loudspeaker that's got no voice coming through it just the residual hum of the electricity in the the system Now see if you can bring attention to this, this inner vibration, this inner sound. Can be a little hard to detect at first, or maybe it's very, very obvious. And bringing attention to that, we can use this as a, a way of establishing a quality of Samadhi, collectedness. It's a single self-sustaining object. Like the breath, you don't have to do it. It happens on its own. Like the sun coming up in the morning, the air moving around, the force of gravity. The inner sound is simply present on account of there being a living being with hearing and a, an active energetic mind. There's no need to try and figure out what it is or where it comes from. Those are all unnecessary and extra considerations. All we can know is it's present. So we can use this as a way of focusing attention, listening to the inner sound, feeling that vibration. Just letting that be the center of attention and see how that it then puts all the other perceptions into a different perspective. It's a very accessible, clear marker for the present reality. And because it's quite plain, doesn't vary very much, doesn't grab our attention, it's not interesting or exciting, but it's ever-present. Also, because it's not subject to personal control, it's a great support for that quality of acceptance, receptivity, the listening heart. So it's an aid for that quality of openness, radical acceptance. Here it is. I can't do anything with it. 
but it's experienced here. No beginning, no end. Simply present. And we can use the concentration upon the inner sound, the nada. as an effective way also of helping to brighten the mind. The paying of uh, attention to the sound, focusing on it, seems for most people to have an energizing effect. It brightens the mind. So on account of that, the more we concentrate on it, the easier it is to concentrate because the mind is more alert, more energized, more attentive. So this can be particularly helpful if the mind is sleepy and dull. So a way of rousing the bonfire, raising the, uh, the flames up a little bit to bring more virya, more energy into the system. as a support for the practice of insight, vipassana meditation. And rather than absorbing the attention into the sound, it can be consciously allowed to form a backdrop, a kind of screen there in the background as Thoughts arise, physical sensations appear. It's like right now, as I'm speaking, you hear the sound of my voice, but the nada is there in the background. We hear the sound of the air conditioners, and the nada is there in the background. We feel the sensations of the body, the feeling of our weight on the cushion or the chair, the cloth of our clothes on our skin, and there is the nada in the background, ever-present, no beginning, no ending. So cultivating that as a backdrop to the field of experience, and it helps to keep everything else, again, in perspective. Yes, there's the sound of Ajahnamro's voice, but it's just a sound. The nada reminds us, oh, this is a, the field of, of experience, the field of perception. There's the weight of the body, but it's a, just a perception of body feeling, body consciousness, kaya vijnana. Now, whether it's a thought, a memory, an emotion, a smell, a taste, whatever it might be, the nada is always there in the background, reminding. This is just the play of experience, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, just the world arising and passing away. 
So the presence of the inner sound, this nada sound, helps that quality of wisdom to continue to recognize this is the world of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, arising and passing away. It's only the world. This mind's version of the world arising, passing away, moment by moment. Oh, the more that that awareness of the inner sound is cultivated, then the easier it is to not get drawn into the details of the world, the details that we worry about, that we're excited about, that we regret, that we hope for, that we are irritated by, that we want to keep, that we want to get rid of. All of those reactive patterns, they are helped to be emptied out. The empty nature of liking, disliking, gaining, losing, comfort, discomfort. The empty nature of all of that is revealed, is supported in being recognized by the presence of the nada rather like a bright light that shines through a, a veil of, of cloth. Because of the brightness of the light and the transparent nature of the cloth and all its patterns is revealed. The bright light of the nada reveals the empty nature, the transparent nature of thoughts and emotions, plans and memories, hopes and fears, empty, sunya. So this is a way of supporting, cultivating that quality of sunyata, recognizing the emptiness, the transparent nature of all experience, empty of substance, and empty of self, what belongs to a self. So it's helping to reveal the insubstantial All those appearances that seem to be so solid, that real opinion, that real memory, that real emotion, it shows that these are not real, they're appearances, they're patterns in nature. It's like a cloud seems to be a solid lump in the sky, but a plane can fly right through it. It's just water vapor, no thing solid there, just a cloud, an empty cloud. So the presence of the nada as a, a background to all experience reveals, supports that realization of emptiness, sunyata. But its partner is also supported, that of suchness, tatata. All things are empty, 
but all things are also thus, such. They're empty of ultimate substance, but there's a form, there's a presence, there's a changing pattern. It's thus, it's such. The Dhamma is exactly this way. There are different ways to contemplate these two attributes of experience, emptiness and suchness, sunyata and tathata. We can explore this within our own practice. But when we say all things are such, they are thus, we're not coming up with a particular definition. They are thus, they are cold or hot or rough or smooth. No, we're not creating other descriptions or adjectives. Just that quality of isness, suchness, presence. Like the Buddha spoke about his own nature. The Tathagata cannot be defined in terms of the five khandhas, the body, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness, but he is profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. And the very word that the Buddha used to refer to his own nature, Tathagata, that which has gone to suchness or come to suchness. That's the word he chose to refer to his nature. Not definable in terms of the five khandhas, but profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, absolutely present. So the thinking mind can struggle to try and understand that. But in a way, the heart knows how that works, how, how, how that is. When the Buddha was speaking with Vachagota, he spelled it out. He said, that material form, that uh, body or feelings, perceptions, mental formations or consciousness that people would talk about to try and describe the Tathagata, all of those have been let go of, cut off, abandoned. Made like a palm tree stump. The Tathagata is liberated from being reckoned in terms of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, sense consciousness. He is profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. So even though this quality of awareness is not limited or burdened by the five khandhas, it knows the five khandhas. And its fundamental nature is profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. The more that the faculty of wisdom is clarified, freed from obscuration, the more 
these attributes of being profound, immeasurable, unfathomable become revealed. Another way that the Buddha spoke about the, the nature of the enlightened mind was in the Pali phrase, vinyanang anidasanang anantang sabato pabang. Lumpur Sumedho often quotes this short passage as a way of describing the, the pure heart, the pure mind. It's a very unusual use of the word vinyana, consciousness. In this respect, it means awakened awareness. So the, the pure heart, the awakened mind, has these qualities. Anidasanam, it's invisible, formless, non-manifest, doesn't have a form or a structure, no shape, no size. Space doesn't apply. Shape doesn't apply. Form doesn't apply. Anidasanam. Anantam, meaning limitless, infinite, boundless. Sabato pabang means radiant in all directions and also accessible from every side. So again, this is a description of the Lord Buddha, of the nature of the enlightened mind, his own uh, experience of mind. Anidasanang anantang sabato pabang. It's aware, formless, limitless, radiant. Now we can hear these words and some of it will be meaningful, some of it not so meaningful, or some of it mysterious or confusing. But the words are just here to help the heart to awaken to its own nature. And that nature is the Dhamma itself. The mind is Dhamma. The heart is Dhamma, not a person. Again, those words can be said, they can be heard, but the most important thing is to get a direct realization, a feeling for how that is, how that works, the actuality of that, rather than just writing the concept down or memorizing it or carrying it around as a, as a set of words. The development of insight of vipassana is a deepening, strengthening of that clarity, knowing the jitta is dhamma, the heart is dhamma. It's not a person, doesn't belong to a person. Every aspect of this body and mind is part of nature, dhamma jati, tamachat, born of the dhamma, of the fabric of the dhamma, following the laws of dhamma. Dhammatitata dhammaniyamata idapachayata, obeying the laws of 
cause and effect, following the laws of nature. This body, this mind, is an aspect of nature, just like a, a leaf on a tree, a cloud in the sky, a raindrop falling through the air. Everything that this body and mind is are simply attributes of the natural order. We call it a person. We say, this is me. That's you. These are convenient fictions used in the human realm to give description to experience. They can't be absolutely real. Now, cultivating this quality of inner listening, attending to the inner sound, can strengthen these kind of realizations. The realization of suchness, emptiness. not to bring the mind to some kind of intellectual conclusion, but rather to bring peace, to bring freedom, to bring great ease and clarity to the heart. That's the point. Not for the brain to have everything figured out, but for there to be the experience of fulfillment, contentment, peace, true ease true freedom. <laughs> 